Hello, everyone. This is Barbara Rosconi, your host of Growing Social Now, sponsored by Corey West Media. And I'm excited to welcome my guest today, Andrea Owen. Hi, Andrea. Hi. It's so good to be here, Barbara. I'm excited for this conversation. Yeah, it's going to be wonderful. And the way Andrea and I met is through NSA or National Speakers Association, Carolina's chapter. We get to see each other at meetings, and it's just a delight to have you on the show. What I want Andrea to talk about is so much stuff. I think we have I'm going to have to come on multiple times because there's know, just so much information. Exactly. Yeah, you might have to be like a co-host or something. But um, Andrea has a very impressive career. She's a speaker, and that's why we go to the NSA meetings together. But one of the things I want to talk to Andrea about, and we are recording this on November 1st, which is the start of podcasting month every day. You can record an episode if you like. And Andrea, you are someone who has more podcast experience than almost anyone I've ever talked to. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast and how you got started and those kinds of things. I've had it for almost 10 years. So in May, 2023, I will have my 10 year anniversary of podcasting. Wow. And I, I started it. It's, it's not a great story of, oh, I, I had a plan and I executed it. And mm-hmm. honestly, I, I was writing my very first book and all of my, so this was also back when blogging was a lot more popular than, than it is now. Podcasting has yeah. kind of replaced blogging. And so I had a blog and all of my creative writing energy was not going to my blog. It was going into this book. And so I thought, okay, I need to communicate with my audience. Somehow I've heard about podcasting. I'll just mm-hmm. buy a $40 mic from Amazon, turn it on, use GarageBand on my MacBook Pro and start this podcast thing. And I, I had a woman on my team who was going to handle all the logistics because that was not my forte. And that's how it started. And if, at first it was every other week and I was very just kind of unorganized about it, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. And, but I do have a, you know, the natural knack of the gift of gab, as they say. You do. Yes. Uh, and so I did solo interview, solo episodes and I did podcast mm-hmm. interviews and, and I ended up loving it. And then it got to be every week and I got, you know, more professional about it. And then I got mm-hmm. sponsorships and then here we are almost 10 years later. Wow. Well, congratulations. Thank That's you. We're about really to cross 4 million downloads. Say that again. We're about to cross 4 million downloads. We're really close. Wow. Mm-hmm. So do you have a party planned for that or a special episode? I'm so or- bad about that. No, I, I usually do special episodes when it's like the, the yearly anniversary or, mm-hmm. um, you know, if I have a new book coming out and things like that, but yeah, not for, not for crossing milestones. I think you should. That deserves a party. Wow. Yeah, maybe for me, but I feel like my audience doesn't really care. They're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's probably true. They're like, yeah. I'm always thinking about them. Yeah. Well, and that's what you want to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So tell us what you talk about on your podcast and so it's, it's, make, it's, make some noise. Is that right? Yes. And it was formerly called your kick-ass life. So when I launched oh, okay. my business, in 2010, it was called yourkickasslife.com. And that was sort of the brand that I built Mm -hmm. over Mm -hmm. the last decade plus. And then in 2021, I decided that it was a little dated. I needed something new. And also it's hard to get advertising when you have what's considered a bad word in the title of your business, which is sort of funny, but it is how it is. And then I had a book coming out called Make Some Noise. So we decided to just move it in that direction and it's called Make Some Noise. And so it's around women's empowerment. That's my niche. Mm -hmm. That's who I speak to. I speak to women about all things empowerment. So my episodes range from, 
you know, how to deal different modalities for dealing with your trauma to women's health. Um, Mm -hmm. I have this week, my guest is called the vagina coach. I kid you not. (laughs) Wow. Who knew there was one pelvic floor (laughs) health is important, Barbara. It it, it Uh, is. And it's so ignored. It really is. And that's really is. You're All turning up the light on some issues that women didn't even know they had, but they're critical to maintaining a good sense of well-being and health. hundred so. percent. Yeah. Like yeah. abandonment issues, um, how to handle procrastination, perfectionism, mm-hmm. like all these things mm-hmm. that are, that are seem to get in our way and our obstacles. I have probably had it on my show. Wow. That's impressive. And I know you have quite a social media reach. And of course the, the show is growing social now. It's about how to grow to social media, but even more than that, how to grow a community around social media. So can right. you talk to us a little bit about the changes you've seen in social media and what yeah. your networks are like? Yeah. So Facebook, you know, Facebook has, you, you have your business page and mm-hmm. that one, I think it's around 168,000 and wow. that has actually been stuck. I've, I was at 171 and then it dropped down and it's interesting, you know, we can talk about the trends and how things have changed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think it was around 2014, 2015. It was very popular to share inspirational memes. And for people that don't right. know what that is, it's just like, you know, a square with a plain background or maybe a landscape that says the only mm-hmm. person that can make you happy is you. Right. Lincoln said that or whatever. I'm just making that up. But, and, and that was honestly the thing that like exponentially grew my page from maybe I had 30,000 likes to crossing 150,000. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the problem that with that was that these weren't necessarily my ideal clients or my ideal audience. These were just people who were like, I like that inspiring post. And I like Mm -hmm. this business page called your kick-ass life. I'm going to click the like button on Facebook. So Mm -hmm. it's sort of good, but sort of bad. And what I mean by that is it's good because as an author and this matters in the speaking business, numbers matter. And to be honest with you, they're what we call vanity metrics does yeah, that translate to dollars for me? Not necessarily. I think a, I would say about 40% of those people, Barbara, are not my ideal audience. We probably have very wow. different political views. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. They're they're just not my people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's been tricky over there on Facebook. And I have not even done Facebook ads since 2016. I just I haven't I haven't needed really? to talk about that if you want to. Instagram. Instagram's a whole nother beast. I've had my Instagram account since 2013. And that is around, I believe, almost 28,000 followers. And that has been like pulling teeth the last few years to grow that audience. It has been really? so tricky. Wow. And that is it's a conversation that many of us are having. It's been really hard to grow Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um various reasons, but I have sort of just backed off and given myself some, some space to just be like, it's okay. If I'm, if I stay here, I also have a verified account. I have that, that blue check Mark that everyone wants. I do. I got that. My publisher got that for me. So wow. Well, that's me all the time. How'd you get it? The publisher got it for me. (laughs) They know somebody at the top that works. Yeah. Yeah, And I, I don't spend a lot of time on Twitter. Um, so I can't really talk about that, but TikTok, as people probably are aware, is a big emerging social media handle. It is not just for Gen Z. Um, and people of all ages are over there on TikTok. They have very interesting, very specific niches over there. It's mental health is huge mm-hmm. over on TikTok. 
And any niche you can think of, it's over on TikTok. I guarantee it. And for people listening who are like, oh, I'm not going to be dancing on TikTok. And I, I, my friend, Rachel Dialta, who's also a part of NSA, who's a speaker, she gathered one, over 100,000 followers on TikTok in just a handful of months, zero dancing. She sits at her desk and talks about what she does. And I gathered 70,000 followers in a matter of, I would say five or so months posting every single day. And it's, I find it incredibly fun. Have I made any money from TikTok? Probably not. I probably sold a few books here and there, but honestly, Barbara, and I will close it up in just a second here. I have decided if social media isn't fun, I'm not doing it. If it becomes stressful, I'm not doing it. And I have a lot of privilege to be able to to say that, but it's just, it can, it can be really stressful and I just, I'm not here for it. Well, and I agree. Uh, You're right. If it's, if it's not fun, why do it? And it doesn't have to be, let's get zany and put up a costume every day or do a dance. I mean, you have to, I think there's got to be some passion and some enjoyment, in whatever it is that you do. And so for the the person you mentioned to sit at a desk and talk about the tip of the day. Um, And I know there are people who do spelling. There's all different kinds of things on TikTok. It's definitely worth checking out. But you did say that it's fun, but it doesn't make any money. So um, I guess, you know, if you don't mind sharing with us, I know your podcast, you have sponsors. I mean, uh-huh. is there a way to make money on social media? hundred percent. And I, okay. I have <laughs> colleagues that do, that do it right. And um, I have one woman that I'm thinking of right now, and she is a business coach. And so okay. on her TikTok account, she's very specific and she talks about her niche. And like, here's, like you said, the tip of the day on how to attract your ideal mm-hmm. client. And she asks people to, um, you know, in the comments and she's engaging and having conversations Mm -hmm. with people and she's talking to people in the DMS, which we can, we can talk about that. She's made a lot of money from TikTok, And, Mm. um, you know, you and I were chatting before you started recording. And I, I said, you know, I kind of did TikTok wrong. I don't regret it, but I have, you know, I rely on having a sense of humor. I feel like, especially in my niche where the topics can be heavy and mm-hmm. just difficult to talk about sometimes like we have to lean on on being funny and having a sense of humor and that is also my natural personality what people know me for from my podcast so i've just done funny stuff within my niche like i make fun of therapy and i make fun of myself and my own um you know idiosyncrasies on tiktok but again like could i pivot if i wanted to 100% it wouldn't be a huge pivot and um the thing is with tiktok though i will say this people really dislike being sold to directly. So you have to be creative. You have to give tons of value, you know, like we talk about all the time and, um, and be very specific, you know, maybe it's a paid sponsorship that you do on TikTok. Those are fine, but just know that you won't get as much engagement when you are actually, when you're actively selling. So authenticity is one of the big themes. I mean, that's been a theme I've heard about. I'm going to say I've been it's how I built my business. Yeah. About 15 years, I guess, mm-hmm. is when I think about when I got started blogging, it's never changed. It's always yeah. at the top. So you mentioned maybe you could pivot on TikTok, but would that be authentic to do that? Or, or how do you recommend that people be authentic on social media? I mean, is it okay to be fun and goofy or should you be serious if you're in business? Is there a balance? Yeah. I mean, it depends on your natural personality. Like, uh, like my son, for instance, he's 15 and he's a serious person. Like he does have a sense mm-hmm. of humor, but if someone was going to describe him, we'd say like, he's, he's pretty serious. That's his natural personality. And the people that like him, like him for that. So if he tried to act like Jim Carrey, 
we would all see through it and know that Mm -hmm. that wasn't real. And Mm -hmm. we probably wouldn't want to buy from that person. So I, again, like all the experts tell us, lean on your natural strengths and abilities and and your personality. Um, But social media, I think that it's tricky because I also feel like the vulnerability that we've seen play out on social media has also been overdone. But I also am a true believer that customers can see through it. They We've gotten to the point now mm-hmm. where we can see through when someone is actually being authentic or vulnerable because they truly want to, mm-hmm. or if they're being authentic and vulnerable because they want to try to manipulate or sell us something. I think gone mm-hmm. are the days where that was sort of blurred. I mm-hmm. do feel like our customers are more savvy and smart and they can see through when someone is being, and I'm going to use air quotes, authentic for mm-hmm. the purpose of selling us something or marketing. Yeah, it really doesn't work. And I guess, I don't know who said uh, the best person you can be is yourself, mm-hmm. but would you agree with that? hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and I mean, I was, I was doing the authenticity thing back in 2007 when I started blogging and I just wanted an outlet to tell my stories and Mm -hmm. I didn't grow up in a family where, you know, we were allowed to talk about our feelings and things like that. And, Mm -hmm. and I started doing it, not really even thinking that anyone was going to read it Mm -hmm. and it just sort of exploded from there. And I I also want to say that I think I started at a perfect time. I was an early Mm -hmm. adopter and I was also early with the whole being authentic, especially in the personal development industry when what preceded me were therapists who had this model of, you know, not doing any kind of, um, what do they call it when you, um, talk about yourself? I cannot remember the term right now. It's escaping me, but they were a little bit more closed up, a little bit more buttoned up and mm-hmm. professional. And of course I was worried, like, am I going to be, am I going to be judged as being unprofessional because I'm talking about my own weaknesses and my own struggles that I've been through and how I go through them. The opposite happened. I ended up attracting an audience who said, Mm -hmm. it's so refreshing that you are this way. And the reason I bring that up is because now that's a dime a dozen. We're everywhere. But at the time it was novel. Like it was, it was like, yeah, people were unwilling to truth on the internet. Yeah, exactly. They were unwilling to share. And, Mm -hmm. but I think what happens is when you do share your story, then that really brings people to you. Like you said, they're attracted because you're having an experience that they, or you've had an experience that they've had. So there's a personality. So what do you do in your business? How do you help people? I do. Do you mean like what services do I offer? Uh, Yeah. I mean, how is your business structured? What do you speak on? Tell us about how we can work with Andrea Owen. So one of the things I still love doing is I still love doing one-on-one work with people, whether it's consulting Mm -hmm. or whether it's coaching. And I take women through a very specific, I'm certified in the work of Dr. Brene Brown. If anyone's listening, who's heard of her, I was certified in 2014 back when not as many people knew about her. Mm -hmm. And I, I have curriculum that I take people through. I offer retreats every, maybe like once a year where I take a group of women through that, but I do love one-on-one work. I don't mm-hmm. love the one-to-many model. I wish I did. <laughs> I've done it. It's made me a lot of money, like group coaching. Yeah. I just don't love it online. I feel like I cannot reach people truly the depth of how I want to. So mm-hmm. I do a lot of one-on-one still. And, um, you know, my speaking business, I, I'm not as far along as someone like you, but you know, my kids were little and I didn't want to push it too much, but I I've had several uh, lucrative, like main stage 
events that I love. And so I love doing that. So I'm going in that direction with my business model. And I also have written three books that I've been traditionally published. One of those books has made me a lot of money, which was a surprise to me because mm-hmm. I didn't realize that people could actually make a living selling books, especially when you're only getting, you know, 15 to 25% of the sales of that book, if you're traditionally published, but, um, I still love writing books. I'm writing two more and that's kind of in a nutshell, how, um, how my business model works. I mostly break even with the podcast, with the sponsorships, mm-hmm. you know, I pay a team that, that it's professionally produced. And so that's expensive, Oh, it is. Um, but I also have the advantage of, I can advertise my own offerings and services on my podcast whenever I want to. So that's also a perk. Yeah. Especially when you're getting close to 4 million downloads. Yeah. So tell us about your books and which one is the one that's made you a lot of money. Is it the one so, that's in 18 languages? 19 now. We got 19, France, nice. which was hard to crack. I guess France is very picky on the nonfiction books that they that they do. So if you're watching this on the video, there's three of them behind me. 52 ways to oh, live a kick-ass yeah, life. Right came out in 2013. Um, How to Stop Feeling Like Shit came out in 2018. That's the one that sold like gangbusters. And then Make Some Noise just came out last year. So How to Stop Feeling Like Shit is actually being re-released with a new yellow cover. The end of this year, it's done so well. They said, hey, do you want to update it and revise it? So I wrote an additional 10,000 words because it came out in 2018 and a lot has happened since then. I wrote it in 2016. So we had the Me Too movement that was big in women's empowerment. We had, um, you know, the, the the 2016 election, that was a big deal in women's empowerment. We had the pandemic. Um, People are talking about something called toxic positivity more now than they were before. So there was several topics that I was eager to touch on in that book. And so it was, it was fun to, to get to, to rewrite some things. Yeah, well, congratulations. And I think I told you, I saw that book at the library. I went to pick up a book that I had on hold oh, and I fun. thought, this looks interesting. And I was like, wait, I know Andrea. Because I was like, this sounds, this looks really familiar. And I'm like, oh, wow. So I think your book is seriously everywhere and it needs it to is. Be, you know, um, I think as women, uh, well, why don't, and before I try and guess what's on women's minds, since you work in this area, why don't you tell us what are some of the biggest challenges that you see women facing and how you help them overcome them? Yeah, there's a handful of them. I mean, that's what this whole book is. It's, you know, it's like the 14 habits that are holding us back from happiness is the subtitle. And it's things like, you know, negative self-talk is one that that we all struggle with, no matter what gender you are. Right. And there's that one. And for women, it's it's things like isolating instead of reaching out for help and trusting mm-hmm. people with their struggles and their problems. Numbing out is a big one, whether that's Ooh. with wine or shopping or work or mm-hmm. relationships or, or whatever it is to avoid, you know, feeling their feelings. Perfectionism and people pleasing are two other big ones. Many of us, especially women have a hard time setting boundaries and having hard conversations. Mm-hmm. So that's in there. Also overachieving hyper-independence, trying to basically trying to prove themselves because they don't feel like they're good enough. Mm-hmm. pretty enough, experienced enough, successful enough, whatever it is. And I'm not saying that men don't have these problems. They certainly do, but they are, um, they're definitely gender specific. And since my niche is women, I wrote it for the women in my audience. That's, that's just fabulous. I, I, and yeah. everyone should, every woman should read the book. Maybe they should 
have their partner read it. The man should read it too. But anyway, I've had many men DM yeah. me or stop me at, at events and say like, I read your book and I actually got so much out of it. Or now I can see, you know, my wife's life so much better. And yeah. so I love that. Yeah. It's wonderful. So how did you get into this business and how did you decide to start working in this niche? It's kind of a funny, not funny story. So I learned about life coaching way back in 2003, maybe it was mm-hmm. 2004. So this was way before anybody really knew what it was. And I was married. Um, I'm, I'm married now, but it was my first husband, different okay. husband at the time. We had just gotten married and I told him about it. And I said, this life coaching thing seems so interesting. Cause I had thought mm-hmm. actually about becoming a therapist, but oh. I didn't think I had a great personality fit for it because I've always been the consummate cheerleader. Like I am always your hype girl. Like, <laughs> And like know, therapy yeah. like, requires you to like, take a step back and be very compassionate and listen. And listen. Yeah. Not really. I'm, I'm like, let's get it. Let's strategize. <laughs> um, so I thought life coaching would be perfect for me. And I said in that same breath, I said to my former husband, I said, but I think it would be, and I was in my twenties then I said, I think mm-hmm. it would be best if I had some life experience before I, I chose that profession. So lo and behold, two years later, he and I were, uh, were talking about conceiving our first child, wanted mm-hmm. children. And he had an affair with our neighbor that lived across the street and got her pregnant. Oh, wow. And there was my life experience, you know, like we divorced, they had a child. Oops. Siri wants to get in on the conversation. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> and, and then it just kind of got worse from there, Barbara. Oh, like wow. it didn't, I ended up dating someone who I thought had terminal cancer. It turns out he lied about having cancer to cover oh up his drug addiction. And then I was pregnant with his child and the whole experience, like I found myself literally on the floor in the fetal position. You know, we hear about that in so many books and movies. And yeah. there I was on the floor talking to my sister crying and Aww. thinking, okay, like what is next for me? What yeah. am I going to do? Yeah. Um, I knew I had to do a lot of my own work because I was the common mm-hmm. denominator. This isn't to totally blame myself, but I had ignored my intuition. I had chose these people. <laughs> like, I think I need to go to therapy. Well, yeah, before you find another person, you better figure out what caused you to choose those two. So yeah. what's going on? So yeah, I did. Exactly. I, I picked myself up. I signed up for life coaching school. It took me a long time to make my way through it mm-hmm. because I was also doing my own work. And, and then I did end up having the baby that I was, I was pregnant with at the time. It's my 15 year old son. And, um, and I totally changed my life. I changed my own life. And so that being said, yes, it's a crazy story, but also that has helped me in business, like being open with that story. Mm-hmm. And I've never put myself on a pedestal and said, I have all of my, <laughs> my life together. And I mm-hmm. back so quickly and I'm so resilient mm-hmm. and look at me and look at all my confidence. One of the reasons that my audience tunes in every week and has followed me is because I talk to them about stuff I'm going through in real time. Like I am one of them. I might be further along the path, mm-hmm. but it's one thing they really appreciate about me as an expert and a leader and even a speaker up on stage. Like I, 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 I know a lot, like I'm not going to pretend like I don't, <laughs> I have a lot of knowledge and tools and, and talent. And mm-hmm. so I'm a human, just like everybody else. My life sucks sometimes. And I just talk about it. Like I can't not talk about it. Well, thank you for talking about it because, yeah. you know, people can relate to that. And I think when people see someone who's been through a struggle and then they can see that you have come out the other side and 
life is getting better. It doesn't mean that there still aren't stumbles along the way, but yeah, we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's the important message that you give us. And in, in your own way, you're holding up the leadership light and being our cheerleaders. So I'm glad you didn't become a therapist. I'm glad that you're an author and a podcast. It would have not been that great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I love make some noise as a PR professional, make some noise. is what we're always trying to get people to do. And I think, especially as women, I know I talk about shameless self-promotion because women are like, Oh, I can't say that. Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. You know? So, um, so if people want to work with you, where, how do I know you want to tell us the names of your books again and where they can find you online because everyone needs to have more of Andrea Owen in their life. Super easy. AndreaOwen.com is where everything is. My books are there. My offerings are there. You can get a link to the podcast and my social media accounts. It's all over there. AndreaOwen.com. Yeah. And your social media is mostly, Hey, Andrea, Owen. Mostly, hey, Andrea Owen, because Andrea Owen was taken on a couple of them and I wanted them to all be consistent. So therefore, Hey, Andrea Owen was born. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Thanks. So, um, I always ask my guests to give us a word of the day. So what's your word today? Oh my gosh. Today, my word of the day is enthusiasm. I think that even on my most difficult days, I can pull out some enthusiasm. And I also feel like, you know, we are the the makers of our reality. I, I, side note, of course, we all start on different bases, mm-hmm. um, but truly like our emotions drive the bus. And mm. some days my, mine are in the gutter. Like, and I don't mean that in a dirty way. Like, I mean, like, just, just not great. And, but most days, if I, even if I can just grab a little bit of enthusiasm, things go better. That sounds wonderful. And, and so do you have a, a thought, a call to action or some words you'd like to leave us with, or some tips maybe to have more enthusiasm in our life? Yeah, I think that it it goes, you know, we always hear things like, you know, make sure you think positive thoughts. And I think mm-hmm. that's good advice, but what matters more are your emotions. Like that truly mm. is, is what, like I said, really drives the bus. And I think um, some of us are starting in very different places. Some of us grew up in houses where never talked about emotions or you were mm-hmm. made wrong mm-hmm. for your emotions. And so you might need to start at that place where you're identifying what they even are. Some people have trouble with emotional regulation and need to, I mean, this is where someone needs to go see a therapist. But um, I think that being able to identify them and pull out the ones that work the best for you can be a great jumping off point, not just for success, but just to sort some things out in your life that maybe haven't gone so well that you want to make sense of. Wow. That's so wise. Whoa. (laughs) I'm pushing 50. I better be at this point. (laughs) Well, it's a, a, a great way to end this episode to think about really getting in touch with your emotions and um, thinking about how you can live a better, more enthusiastic life. So thank you for being with us today, Andrea. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Barbara. And I just want to quickly thank the people that were listening. I, I know how valuable your time is, and I appreciate that you chose to spend it with me and Barbara today. Well, I'd like to second that. Thank you so much for being here with us today. This is Barbara Rosconi. I am the host of Growing Social Now, sponsored by Corey West Media. And I invite you to join us and listen in wherever you like to get your podcast downloads.